Bengal Show. I'm Austin Cabot, and today I'm in Laguna Hills, California at Corner 3 Garage uh, with John. Hey, how's it going? Doing great, man. Yeah. Uh, Steve Doherty. Hello, hello. And Malco. How's it going? Yeah. So, sorry, I know I said I was going to let you guys introduce yourself, but yeah. I couldn't find a, a clear way to transition to that. So, yeah. I just defaulted to introducing like I always do. Kind of whatever works. So, <laughs> perfect. So, I, I know we've been yeah. here for a little bit. Um, so, yeah. thanks thanks so much, guys, for sticking around. Yeah. Um, but definitely wanted to get you guys on the show. I know Steve's been talking to me about coming down here mm-hmm. probably since he found out that I moved to California. Yeah, so, it's been a while. Yeah. yeah. Glad you could make it finally. Yeah. So, for those of you listeners... Um, that uh, might recognize Steve's voice. Steve's been on the show before. Steve is actually the 2012 GT Academy champion. Uh, I think we had your show probably about a year ago. Yeah, it's, I know it was winter at some point because yeah. it was pretty cold. Yeah, we were, we were at GMS Wagons yeah. when, I, yeah. when I got to spend the night there. And Jason Saney had already left, and it was just me and you. We were like, well, I guess we'll go ahead and record a show. And it was like probably 2 in the morning when we finished up. Yeah, it was so, a good time, though. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. So, well, how'd you get uh, hooked up with the guys here at, uh, at Corner 3, Steve? So uh, actually, one of the guys that does uh, the Nissan Challenge. Okay. He had me come down. Um, so for was, those for those listening, what is Nissan Challenge? Uh, it's basically a friendly time attack competition. Um, not just for Nissans. We we have some other guys, uh, Corvettes, Subarus, okay. Hondas, whatever, come out. But uh, basically, a, a time attack that runs inside of the Speed Ventures um, Track Day people's events. And, okay. Uh, yeah, everybody comes out and has a has a good time. It's a super friendly group, good good group of guys to hang out with. And, yeah, uh, it's your Nissan brethren, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. <laughs> one, of, right. one of the competitors. Uh, he he had me come down after the Laguna Seca race. Okay, uh, almost two years ago now. Okay, and he was like, "Yeah, man." He got me uh, some sessions in uh, in his three seventy Z, and since then I've I've kept in contact and. Now the series has been growing uh, at a pretty good rate, so uh, I'm officially their uh, pro instructor. Nice. So I've been I've been coming out almost to every event. Almost. Last year. I think what you've only missed like one. I think it was two last year. Two last year. Yeah. So, but it, it's been a, a ton of fun. Um, a lot of the a lot of the guys have uh, hired me at, at some point, and they've all gotten faster. So <laughs> nice. Keeps everybody happy, and you know some of the guys who are more consistent. Uh, Man, they're they're probably eight seconds a lap faster now than, oh, wow. than when we started. So it's a pretty good return on investment there. Yeah, definitely. definitely. That's that's the main thing with these guys. Um, you know, for anybody out there, even if it's not me coaching them, get get yourself a good coach. You know, the the money that you spend on brake pads or tires or something like that that you think is is going to give you a ton of lap time, coilovers, yeah. power yeah. upgrades. The biggest thing you can do. Is invest in yourself, and, yeah. and yeah. that will carry over to any car you have in the future. Anybody's car that says, "Here, take my keys and drive," yeah. you know, yeah. that that's the biggest and and best investment that I mean, you can make. Even even very experienced drivers can can stand to benefit from from having you know just a different perspective, somebody to kind of sit back and analyze. Because yeah. um, I know for me, uh, I get kind of critical of myself, and I think you know I I know what I'm doing, um, and for the most part, I do. But I'm always learning stuff from other people all the time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've talked about it with like Emilio at 949 um, that, you know, sometimes even following a slower driver, you can learn things. They might yeah. take a little bit different line and get away from you in one corner. And you're like, how the hell did they do that? They're slower than me. Yeah, and, but, you know, just just a different perspective. Yep, exactly. With uh, with GT Academy, that was a huge thing that, yeah. that, you know, we have Al Buncombe, super, super fast guy. I mean, he, he can run at the front of any any group of you know motorsport people around the world and 
to be in the same car, same day, same session as him and look at data. You know, the data systems that they have on those cars are incredible. So right. we'd watch his video and see his data, and it's just like, now that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, you know. Yeah. And even sometimes he would learn stuff from us because, you know, we we might take one corner a little better than he does at some track, and, you know, it, it helps everybody, even even somebody at Al's level. So Yeah. Yeah, I think, great. So. I think that's been like the biggest thing is like a lot of the new guys coming out to the track, the lows kind of want to buy parts to make themselves faster. But uh, I always tell them like, you know, like mellow out a little bit, you know, focus on your driving, kind of like learn some clean lines, like good habits before you kind of start spending money. Because a lot of times like we'll get guys like putting slicks on and it's like that still sucked, but the car <laughs> held it. But yeah, you know, yeah, just it's kind of a little premature when they do that sometimes, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it, it's probably because you can't like hold it in your hand or like, you know, show it off on your car. But like, that's a, something I always tell guys is like, you know, like really invest in yourself because that's where, you know, you'll get faster. Yeah. And it, I mean, it, it speaks a lot to your guys' events and your mentality that yeah. you have Steve, you know, at almost every single one. Yeah. Helping people out. Yeah. And I think that's a, another interesting thing is like, you know, they'll be like, oh, it's John from Corner Through Motorsports. Like, you know, he sets up all the cars and things like that. And like, oh, I want to spend some money. I'm like, I'll tell them straight up, like, hold on, you know, don't do that yet. Like, you know, maybe let's get a little bit more under your belt or like, you know, maybe step it a little bit so that we could kind of understand like what each thing does for yeah. your car. And that way we could get to a point of communication where you could kind of like, you know, see what something did. And instead of just kind of coming out with a, a crazy built car, you know, not knowing how to like, you know, feedback on like, you know, your setup or, yeah. you know. Well, that's how, how, that's how Corner 3 customers know that they're, you know, they're in the right hands. You're not just trying to sell them parts. Yeah. You know, you're, yeah. you're trying to actually help make them a better driver as well. Yeah. Malco here is a, is a perfect example. I mean, he has his uh, 370Z and, you know, it's a fairly stock car, actually. Not too many really stock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, and, what does your car have? Uh, not much. I mean, I'll start with the suspension. Um. All I've got is a Hotchkiss front sway bar. Okay. Uh, cold air intake from Stillen. Um, I had a set of Burke High Flow Cats mm -hmm. and uh, some endless MX-72 brake pads. And I did a fluid swap on the brake fluid. Um, as far as, I guess you could say, trackability mods, that's really it. Um, that kept me from boiling my fluid, melting down my pads, uh, gave me maybe a little bit better throttle response with that cold air intake. And honestly, the front sway bar, I probably didn't see the benefit until I went with the square setup on my wheels. Okay. And I got to say that, you know, um, watching that car evolve from what it was when I did my first track day to where I'm now, it hasn't been spectacular in terms of parts or anything. But for me as a driver to see it go from where it was to now has yeah. been amazing. Yeah. And it's been fun because... Super cool. What Where I was getting at with that was... Uh, the time that I actually coached you. Yes. And man, from the beginning of, of that one session to the end of the next, it was such a huge improvement. Yeah. And just the smoothness and everything that you learned so quickly, you absorbed it really well. Yeah. Probably one of my best students so far. Oh, yeah? So, yeah. yeah. That, <laughs> so sweet. Not just saying that, yeah. but, you know. But and I, I think for, for a lot of people, too, you talk about working on smoothness. A lot of people go, you know, I don't really need a, a pro coach until I get to a certain mm. level. But they don't realize early on that you almost need some extra help in the car to make sure that you don't start creating bad habits. Definitely. Yeah, Absolutely. So yeah, yeah. that's you know, the it, biggest yeah. point I tell a lot of guys. Like, we'll always get, like, you know, the guys are like, hey, man, like, you know, 
you're fresh, you're getting a little faster, like, you know, maybe think about some instruction. They're like, oh, no, I want to get more comfortable learning, like doing this and learning the lines. Like, that's what he's going to do, you know? Like, don't pick up the bad habits because one of the guys who still wants to kind of learn on his own, like, I'll jump in the car with him. I'm like, what? the heck what are oh you but doing? hey you spent a lot of money on your tires so that that was totally fine so you know he's been jumping into my car and still it's like you know i'll you know we both have 240s i'm just like you're still not fast even with like with my car so yeah you know think about something there he's like dang it okay yeah. you know, i mean it helps bring perspective to a lot of people too i mean i know i was guilty of it i thought i was an awesome driver before i ever started doing track days and quickly learned at my first track day that, no, yeah. it's really not the case. You know, I was decent, yeah. but there were people that were way, way, way faster. It's a whole other world when yeah. you get there. And yeah. um, going back to what Steve and well, what everybody was saying about instruction, even if you don't have a pro like Steve instructing you for like a whole day or if even, you know, three sessions or whatever it is, um, I, every time I've had instruction, even if it was for only one session, like, with some of the organizations, they'll throw in an instructor for you for like your first session of the day. Yeah. That I found to be helpful because yeah. I got somebody to kind of help show me the ropes. But not only that, it was it was uh it was critique also on my driving technique. And that little bit was enough to get me to the point where I learned something. I learned something new and it le- I learned something that could not be bought yeah. or replaced with a part. Yeah, I think uh, the biggest one was like, so I have like, uh, you know, kind of the guy that I chase, like we've been tracking together for a long time, Edgar. He has that Z32 that's pretty famous. But yeah, we started the day like me and him were kind of just chasing each other. And like, you know, we know each other's style. Then all of a sudden, like Doherty came in and instructed him. Then the next session out, I was like, who is Doherty still in? Who's driving that? That's not Edgar anymore. I was like, who is this guy? I was like, cheater. I was like, ah, dude, I just like, like, you know, our the gap. Yeah. The gap's increased. I was yeah. like, damn it. So, you know, that just speaks wonders because, like, we've been tracking together for such a long time. And, you know, in that one instruction session, like, you know, he's – it's a total different person. Yeah. I was like, damn. Well, it's like like in the streetcar days, right, when you would do a mod and then your buddy would do a mod to one-up you and be a little bit faster. And you kept, like, going back and forth and each one of you kept doing more and more. You know, it's the same thing with, with coaching. You know, you can be at equal skill level with your buddy, and then all of a sudden he gets a little bit of outside help and influence, yeah. and all of a sudden he's faster than you, and then, then you have yeah. to go down the same path. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing, too, that a lot of people uh, don't consider or even think about is I've noticed when a student will have me drive them, or I'll suggest to drive them, right? You can sit in the passenger seat or watch video or go over data or whatever until they sit next to someone who's at a higher level they don't quite get the feeling. Yeah. And some of, a lot of it is feel, right? Yeah. I mean, I come from sim racing. There is no feel only, only in the feedback and and the sounds and visuals, but a lot of it to a lot of people is feel. So they'll ride with me and they'll feel stuff. And then it makes sense to them. Everything clicks and then they go out and they can actually put it all together and make it work. And they'll pick up, you know, a second or sometimes more just from actually riding with someone and feeling like everything being linked together and, trail breaking how it should feel or you know late turn-ins some people get scared of late turn-ins because if you're turning in late you feel you like you're just corner. gonna yeah you're gonna yeah. miss the corner but yeah. actually you know it it makes the, the radius corner exit of, yeah yeah well and it makes the radius of the corner sometimes bigger so right you're not turn yeah. you have to turn the wheel less yeah so yeah. that was like the day you were driving my car and like you know i kept seeing the times come in and i was like what the heck like 
what is he doing? <laughs> and, you know, like I'm on the side just kind of like, you know, helping set up the car, helping the other competitors. And so like the whole time I'm thinking like, man, I'm going to get in the car with him and it's going to be like this magic like dance. Like he's going to be doing like all these weird things in the car and just like mashing and like, you know, dancing on the pedals. I get in the car. I was like, dude, you're driving my car like easier than I am. <laughs> I was like, wait, it's OK to be like, you know, off throttle here. It's OK to coast. I was like. I thought it was like, you know, hit the brakes and like gas, brake, gas, brake, just be hard all the time. And I was like, my car probably, out. yeah, I was like, yeah. my car probably loves you because I'm just like beating <laughs> the hell out of it. And you're beating me by like, what, 10 seconds. And I think wow. a lot of Steve's yeah. experience, too, comes from having to preserve the car for for long events, too. So, I mean, there there's a lot that comes into it from that as well. Yeah. Most most of the races I did, uh, besides the World Challenge stuff, had been endurance racing. So yeah. You can get in a pretty good groove in endurance racing, you know driving 85 90% and really you know saving being easy on brakes easy on the gearbox you know everything like that so yeah. you know, saving tires even so yeah all of that stuff comes in handy and you know if you watch a good example is if you watch pros saving fuel at the end of the race their lap times might only come down a half second or 3 tenths but they're lifting you know 2 300 meters earlier into each brake zone and they're driving you know uh, what you would think would be way, way slower and lifting in weird places, but the lap time is still there. Yeah. And you can go a little bit slower, but stay out for a lot longer. Yeah. A and lot longer. Exactly. And and when it comes down to it at the end of the day, the lap time is about average speed, right? Yep. So if you can keep your, your minimum, minimum speed at the apex up, you know, a lot of that flooring it for the last, uh, you know, 50, 100, 200 meters at the end of the straight it doesn't really affect yeah. much how how is that for for like mental stress too does it help relax you a little bit actually you know, so, i've always kind of wondered a little bit from from your mentality like so sometimes it can be a little bit harder because because yeah, you want to catch the guy in front of well, you well yeah that too but <laughs> you're just not in your normal groove right okay so you have uh, a muscle memory and and your subconscious is you know basically right. on autopilot a lot of the time this right. is your brake marker you hit it you know, your your eyes are looking at certain places, every corner at, you know, your uh, your landmarks. And for you to back off of those and, and throws you slow way yourself down, yeah, sometimes it's like, okay, I actually have to concentrate more now. Yeah. And, huh. and the stress level kind of goes up a little bit. Okay. So. Weird, right? Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it almost seems counterintuitive. But, I mean, really, when you think about it that way, turning autopilot off, and yeah, you're having to think a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, I mean, you're you're having to balance between a lower bound and an upper bound, right? Because you know, you go too high, you're going to burn up fuel, brakes, or whatever, like you said. Go too low, you're just too slow. I mean, that, yeah, that's it's a fine balance. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. tough. That's tough. So I think that's what the you know what the really good drivers um, you know really excel at is being able to kind of balance that you know uh, that that happy medium to where you're going fast enough to not get caught and, you know, stay within reach of the person in front of you. But you're also not trying to burn the car to the ground, uh, you know, trying to stay ahead. So, yeah. yeah, it's really easy, too, for for a lot of new people to overdrive. Like like John was saying, when mm -hmm. he rode, he might be thrashing, you know, driving at his maximum attack all the time and actually be overdriving and and missing uh, his marks. And, yeah. you know, so. When you can get yourself, one of my best students, I'm always telling him, calm down, yeah. calm down, you know, and, and when he gets to that point and he does calm down, his lap times drop with that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, for me, I lately, uh, since I haven't been spending a whole lot of time in cars, 
I've been kind of guilty of overdriving, you know, because you don't do it for a while and you get in yeah. it. You're like, oh, yeah, that's the stuff. That's the feeling. <laughs> and then you end up just kind of like overdriving it a little bit. I mean, still, the lap times are fast, but you're you're hard, hard on equipment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think there's that there's that happy medium that you got to find. But, yeah, nice. Nissan Challenge is, is really good for that. Um, I've really been enjoying hanging out with all the guys. And, and we have guys like uh, one of my good students. He's at the point now where I can only tell him so much from the passenger seat. And afterwards, we have to look at data. Yeah. You know, so he's he's progressed that far. Okay. And and then we have, you know, people who are just coming in and it's their first track day or second track day. Or, you know, they've been doing it for a year and now they're like, okay, I'm at a plateau. I need to, uh, you know, get yeah. some coaching and step up. So yeah. it, it's good at any level for anyone to come in, you know, even if you don't have a Nissan, like we were saying. And uh, it's a super friendly environment, super low key. You know, everyone helps everybody. There, there's no real big egos. We'll, we'll have one yeah. ego guy here and there come in. You know, <laughs> yeah. I think that goes with anything. It's, yeah. It's pretty nice. Like, no one left behind kind of thing at the track. Like, no one's going to be stuck, like, you know, with a broken car, like with the sun setting. So, yeah. We had some pretty awesome adventures, like you know, getting cars home, making sure everyone else gets home. Welding subframes. Uh, with the, uh, see, but those, yeah. those make <laughs> yeah. those events memorable. Clamping, you know? yeah, uh, clamping brake lines. Uh, yeah, cra- like yeah. clamping brake lines with vice yeah. grips. I had to do that one time. To get a guy <laughs> that was great. Like, yeah. like you, you think about you know uh, the entertainment value of racing. You mm-hmm. know what? What's more interesting? The story about the team that like showed up, nothing went wrong, and they won, or the team that like. You know, had tons of failures and battled, like battled yeah. their way back to like second, third place. Exactly. So I think that's that's where it's like the a soap memory, opera. Yeah, that's where the memories are made, and you know, yeah. when things kind of go wrong, but they come out right at the end. Yeah. Because like you'll just have guys come in, you know, they'll only do a couple sessions, and they'll be fast, but you know, the backstory is like you know, all the guys kind of like bonding in there, and that's where yeah, and battling. Bonding and battling. And battling. Yeah, and, and I think that's the best. Yeah, that's the other thing too. At the end of the day, um, if if you place top three, we give out plaques. Nice. Yeah. So we, you know, you, you can yeah. actually come with your uh, daily driver and take home a plaque. Bring the wagon. Yeah, yeah the bring wagon the wagon. Or, yeah, uh, so you were talking about <laughs> minivans earlier. Yeah, man. Um, we have pretty nice plaques too. Like I always thought, like, oh gosh, it's just another plaque. But these guys are like, you know, they're these plaques are something to them. I'm yeah. starting to see them like hang up, like you know, in, inside their houses, homes, and stuff. But yeah, I think we did a good job with the design. And, it's and a collectible the, item. <laughs> and the series uh, points championship, too. So. Oh, yeah. nice. Yes. You, yeah. you can come once and hang out with the crew and, and have a good time, or, yeah. or you can run a whole points series and, and try to get the uh, championship. So how long has Nissan Challenge been around for, John? You know, Nissan Challenge, it started... We had Mike True. He started the series, but, you know, he was just kind of like a one-man show. Yeah. And this is before, like, there's, like, any kind of, like, traction with the Nissans. Like we would just see like one Nissan here. That's or there. because they were all drift cars, or was they were all lot drift cars, or they're still kind of <laughs> they're still kind of like on the street, you know, race inspired. Yeah. So I think Nissan Challenge has been around for close to five years. Okay. Maybe for the like the past like the first three years, it was a real grind. Like we were like showing up like one guy, two guys. We started getting five guys, and like you know that started becoming a party, and then you know from there like it just gathered some momentum, and we had one event where there's like what. That forty yeah, drivers, yeah, 40. yeah but, the Z Bash uh, event mm-hmm. last year at Streets 
Was yeah. it 129 entries I think over, the entire, over the entire year? year. Yeah. Unique, unique, unique entries. Yeah, yeah. And, okay. that, and that event was, I believe, 40 cars. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. Okay. That was, that was impressive. Yeah. yeah. So when did you get involved, John? I got involved. I think when did I come aboard onto Nissan Challenge? I think it might have been like what two, a little over two years ago. Okay. So the 2016, 2015 was, you know, where I kind of took a little more more charge of it. I think I met you like in 2004. 14 2014 yeah and that's when i did like two track days yeah and then destroyed my torque converter yeah i think that's when i was just kind of like you know hanging out with mike before i worked at corner three motorsports and then right when 2015 came on i was like you know this is a good thing like let's push it a little bit more put a little bit more energy into it and here we are it's like it's just gaining its own momentum and i'm just like wow yeah the, the other kind of cool and unique thing is uh Corner Three Motorsports, basically, if if you want to come in and and get a race alignment, you can do that. If you want to come in and get fluids, you can do that. If you want to order, you know, parts for the build, yeah. you know, John John here, he's going to tell you, you know, what you need and what you don't need, and right, and yeah. he'll be able to supply it for you and you know get you all sorted out. And then, yeah. you know, and if you want feedback at the track too, you know, everyone is there, and Motorsports support. guys, yeah. yeah, you know, I. I have uh, done some feedback sessions where I'll drive people's cars and tell them, yeah, you need to put more rebound in, change the bar, the sway bars, you know, stuff like that. So right. even uh, even if you think you have a, a nice setup and a good car, you can you can get feedback from me or from John on what parts you need or yeah. don't need or anything I, like that. I think that's one of the unique things about the series is like just the amount of like knowledge that's within the group and that gets shared around. It's just not really like, you know, competitors bringing in their own you know, coming in on their own and racing against everybody, like it gets to the point, like if you have a question, like we have a lot of the answers and we're like more than happy to share most of that with a lot of the guys, you know, just step them in, make it easy, you know, to come out to the track, like, you know, less intimidating, like, you know, you come in, come off the track and be like, all right, you know, like it's doing a little funky stuff. I'm like, let's check your tire pressures, you know, let's look over here, let's look yeah. over there. And yeah, we'll get brand new drivers and like, They'll have cars and like they'll have these issues that they have no idea about. Like we had some guy come in. He had like a 370 supercharged base model with an open diff. And he was talking to me. He's like, yeah, I, I want like, you know, 305s in the rear. Like I'm getting a lot of spin. And I was like, oh, no, you know, it'd really help if you got an LSD. And he's like, what's that? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, you know, it's this. This is what it does. He's like, wow, I would have I would have never known that. And I'm like, yeah, you know, this is what it is. Like, you know, help you build your car like, you know. In a certain way where you don't have to really double up or like, you know, you really understand what you're doing versus just kind of yeah. throwing a hodgepodge so, of parts on there. How many guys in 370s, their first time to the track, they freak out because of fuel starve? They're like, ah, <laughs> oh, like, oh, I broke my car. Pretty much everyone. Yeah. That's, that is an ongoing thing with 370s. Uh, yeah. It's a pain like, pain. Uh, I, I instructed somebody at Roebling at yeah. their first track day ever. And I couldn't figure it out at first. I was like, what the heck is going on? We have like three quarters of a tank of fuel it is an issue yeah, yeah so there's some solutions out there like cjm like they were working with one competitor you know kind of helped mitigate that issue so hopefully you know as development goes on it'll get better and better mm -hmm. 370s of course though like they have a lot of problems with the heat yeah so that's like a a thing that you know yeah i can speak to that i mean like i've I've got an, a 34-row uh, engine oil cooler, and then I threw on a 25-row C-Trab uh, core for my transmission. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, admittedly, given the history of that car, that that oil cooler made the difference. Like, it made it possible for me to track mm -hmm. 
almost all year long last year. I yeah. Mean, with the exception of the last like three yeah. or four track days. But yeah. Um, there's just so many heat issues. The car is just yeah. a freaking heat pipe. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It, you know, the, it's it's pretty interesting with the 370. Like, it's really unique that you would think, like, you know, this car would come out ready to go. And here we are, like, you know, like with a base model or it's just like a stock car, like, eventually as they get faster, they'll get into limp mode. Yeah. Then you have the yeah, fuel star. Yeah. I'm pretty good for that. Some, yeah. <laughs> some guys will let me drive and it's like, you know, 15 minutes in and it's going into limp mode. And they're like, what's yeah. going on? Like, yeah. Your oil temp's pretty high. Yeah. So. yeah. So. It's a pretty common thing. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. So, well, that's what your guys' expertise here at uh, Corner 3 Motorsports helps out with, right? Yeah. The, you know, a lot of these things that are like were really difficult before, like it's just easy now. Like you could get a new guy coming out to the track and like, you know, what we had to kind of struggle with for so long. It's just like, oh, you're going to track with us. Here it is. Like, yeah. you know, here's the lowdown. Like, you know, this is what you kind of need to start on, what you need to do. And even for the R35 guys, like Nissan, the 370, the R35, they're pretty bad on brakes. So, you know, we spent a lot of time kind of like working on that. So, you know, we ran a program with Race Technologies, Brembo North America, and we're getting like some crazy life out of like some of the pads that these guys are using on their R35s. Huh. So we started with like, you know, some of these guys only lasting like four events, six events on their pads. And then now we have, uh, I guess, the winner of 2016, Hamad Shah, you know, in his R35, he's running a, a set of RE10s from Race Technologies, and I think he's in the high teens. Wow. Same pad, same rotor, and you know he's so just with like cooling mods and stuff. Or no, it's just the pad, really the brake pad. So no additional ducting or anything. No it's additional just, ducting. Wow. Compounds make a huge difference. Yeah, Compounds make a huge difference. That is a pretty heavy car. It's a very heavy car, yeah. and the you know most people are like, well, is he fast? I'm like, well, if you look at all the times, he's like top. We'll <laughs> he's at the top of the list. Yeah. So you know, rest assured that he's not just babying around the yeah. track. How how's the classing broken up in Nissan Challenge? The classing we we started with the three with three classes. Okay, so it's pretty interesting because you would think like one make, you know, it's going to be a little easy, but uh, we started seeing like you know all the Datsuns show up, like two forty Zs. Then you started getting the Sentras show up, then the two forties. In the beginning, it was easy because we just had like the Zs, the three fifties, the three seventies, and like you know everyone was set up fairly much like the same. But now with the R35s joining us and a, a lot more like, you know, cars coming out of the woodwork with interesting swaps, we've kind of had to break into like a four class setup. Hmm. And so, you know, we'll have like class four, which is like, you know, the lowest class, which focuses more on like, you know, 240s that are non like turbocharged. So still in the NA, a lot of the front wheel drive Sentras, some of the classic Datsuns. And we'll kind of balance them out with like, you know, maybe giving some of the front wheel drive cars a little bit more tire. Okay. And then from there, we have class three, which is now a lot of the street Zs, a lot of the street setup cars. So, you know, the guys could come out, be competitive, like on a car that they still want to drive on the street. And it's just like most of your bolt-ons, like, you know, no turbocharging, like, you know, aftermarket. And then after that, you go into class two, which is a lot more of like, you know, you could start running R comps. You could run like, you know, aero, start turbocharging your car. Depending on like the setup, you know, we'll balance it out with like different tires. Like, you know, you can get a little bit more tire or you can get a little less. Okay. Then after that, we have class one, which is like where the R35s live. So most of the R35s in that class are going to be like your full bolt-on E85 with a little bit of aero. And then, um, you know, since the series is still kind of new, we're starting to see like the cars start hitting a new level. Hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see like, you know, where it kind of ends up. 
Because, like, most of the guys, like, with their R35s, they're just like, oh, it's my street car. Like, I drive it on the street. They start racing with us, and all of a sudden, it's like, everything is going out the window. It's like, what <laughs> just happened? I was like, you just started, like, as a beginner this year, and now you're like, your car's crazy. Like, I watched your videos. This is with Doherty coaching them. So, you know, Stephen Chan, he he's a new guy. Yeah, first, first event, mm-hmm. uh, I was with him. His car was basically had NT01s and was completely stock. Nice. Yeah. Now he's full bolt-on E85. He Bre- got the bug bad. Bremble yeah. brakes up front, Voltex <laughs> Aero, uh, bolt-in cage, yeah. seats. I mean, he, he went. He yeah. went pretty far. So he went pretty, yeah. that car's that car's yeah. amazing. I love that and car. it's also interesting because like we're getting like R35s that were like built with crazy horsepower. Like we have one guy, he has like 1,400 horsepower, and like you know he's he came out to the track and now he's just like wow you know this kind of sucks. Like I'm not in the power band. So recently he actually went backwards and went back pulled to like you know stock stock frame turbos now. Yeah. Really so pulled some little, power out of yeah, it. Little yeah. less lag, little yeah. more response. And yeah. So. You know, that's the big thing with the challenges. Like, you know, you start kind of like optimizing your car, like, you know, building it a little bit more around certain rules or just like to make it drive better on the track. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of these guys, like they'll have like crazy horsepower cars for the street, you know, just run like on the freeway. Then all of a sudden they're like, oh, I never did brakes. I never did this. I never did that. Because they never needed to. Yeah. Now they're just like, I need to balance it. Well, I mean, it's good that you have drivers that are realizing that, you know, maybe the car has too much power. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people that would just get frustrated and just never mm-hmm. come back to the track. Yeah. So which which I've seen I've seen happen many times. Yeah. So it's it's good yeah. that, that they have that mentality. Yeah. yeah. It comes back to the group of guys. I mean, yeah, every, yeah. everybody, you know, they're not going to be like, oh. You're dumb, you, you know. Yeah. You get out of here, type of thing. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, put yeah, go put some smaller turbos on it. You'll pick up some response, and your lap times will come down. Which you know, obviously, to them, is kind of counterintuitive, right? Less power, but a faster lap time. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, if you're spending, if your car's unpredictable and laggy and and drives like crap, yeah, yeah, and, you know, yeah. it's not going to work. And I mean, so. at a certain point, I mean, power power can become a hindrance, especially if your skill level isn't there too. Definitely. So. Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine like starting out like you know fresh on the track with like a 400 horsepower SR S13. Like I just yeah. like oh yeah, that's uh, that's why I love your your S13 out yeah. there, man. 380,000 miles, like stock drivetrain, 120. Well, I guess not stock drivetrain, but stock yeah. motor and trans. Yeah, stock uh, motor and trans. Yeah, and yeah, you know a, 120 horsepower. I was gonna <laughs> like, say we we have the full spectrum. You know, we, yeah. Yeah, we have that, and then we have John's car, which is basically. Stock power, probably less because it has a million miles on it. Yeah. But it has full suspension, you know, upgraded yeah. brakes, LSD, all that stuff. So, yeah, you get it all. Yeah. So, yeah. and you've developed that car over over a couple of years, right? I think like, well, I started with 240s like what, 12 years ago? Okay. So, you know, I, it's interesting because like I didn't grow up a car guy. Like I was always into other things. And then like, you know, right when I finished college, I worked at this place called like Ultimate Motorsports and Paintball because I was playing paintball. And paintball. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was the most interesting thing. I was like playing like, you know, PSP. Play paintball while you wait for your build. Yeah. <laughs> but that's how I got kind of introduced to cars. Like all my friends that worked there, they're like Honda guys. Mm-hmm. And then along came a 240 and I didn't know much about the car. I just always knew I liked it. Then I got one and then it's been this. This is it now. Love at first sight, I guess. Yeah, it was love at first sight. It was, <laughs> it was a fun car. My first one I got was probably in, I think it was the year 2000. So yeah? I think once you have one, they're always kind of in the back of your mind, and yeah. and you always end up going back to them. Yeah. Like, I have a lot of the guys, like, a lot of the 240 guys who had a 240 back in the days, like, jump into, like, Evos and other cars, and now they're coming full circle. Like, I'm seeing a lot of them come back, like, hey, John, I'm going to build another 240. I'm like, 
oh, you're back. They're like, yeah, <laughs> I'm back. I'm like, all right, let's go. Nice. No, I mean, there's something about the 240. I mean, we talked about it when we were out in the garage earlier. Like, there's really not many other low-cost options to get into rear-wheel drive aside from, like, maybe the Miata yeah. um, and some of the some of the BMWs. Yeah, I think the biggest thing with the 240 is, like, just the range it could cover. Because, like, you know, you could start with a stock one, but then you could get these cars up to, like, crazy, like, you know, horsepower. Like, we're seeing, like, some of them at, like, 500. It was, like, turbo setups or, like, swaps? A lot of the cars get swapped. Like the most interesting one is like, you know, the LS swap for it. Yeah. A lot of guys would think like, oh man, like, you know, it's going to throw the car What kits are they using to do those swaps? Um, they're the Siki kits? Or? They're a lot of the Siki yeah. kits. Okay. So, yeah, I was up there over Christmas actually. Yeah, it's like, um, it's just so easy to get a different engine into that car where you're just like, sky's the limit with it. Yeah. And the chassis could, can handle the power. Like a lot of times when you start building an S2 and start going turbo, like, you know, you run into a lot of like drivetrain issues. You know, the motor starts kind of Given out a little bit, the 240s, like, you know, whatever you want to throw at it, it'll take it. Yeah, it's almost underrated, too, as far as grip driving or track driving. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, anybody that looks at one's like, oh, yeah, it's a drift car. But, you know, actually, they are pretty good. If you get them set up right, they are pretty good on the Yeah, motors. and they're actually, they're surprisingly light, too, aren't they? Yeah, they're pretty light. I think uh, they come in about, like, what? Fully loaded, like 29. Okay. Most of the time, they average, like, 27, yeah, 28. Tw- yeah, 27 and 29, depending okay. on. Yeah, if you have a bad. turbo hanging off of it, yeah. an intercooler, or yeah. But the best thing about the car is like how quick they can lose weight. Like you could just drop the hood and drop forty pounds, change out the battery, take another thirty. Sound deadenings. Like if you actually go into the dash, it's like maybe another forty pounds of seats. You know, when you're dealing with a Z and trying to lose weight, you're just like, oh, just we're gonna, gonna say, get five pounds. That must be <laughs> nice. We're gonna get five pounds. I don't know what that's like at all. <laughs> you can just, just take huge bites out like of a two forty, and you're like, oh, I'm fine. Well, there's also the fact that if you start ripping apart a Z, you're like, oh man, I used to have a nice car. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah, so it with a two forty, it's kind of like you yeah, whatever. Eighties <laughs> Nissan. I crash cool. it. I could find another shelf for pretty cheap. I'll just swap over the parts. We're good to go. Let's go. Uh, yeah. yeah, going back to the two forty, and you know how good of a chassis it is. I mean, I saw it firsthand when I was at Chuckwalla uh, last year and uh, just out of the blue, in the back of my my rear view mirror, I thought I was out there all alone. And I see this little blue like dot kind of get closer, closer. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? what is that? What, what is it? Oh, it's a 240. Oh, what the <laughs> shit? And then, so I'm like, all right, well, I, I need to get the lead out. So I, I yeah. get on it and then, and then I, I held him off for a little bit and then I saw him like push harder and then he started closing in. And so it became this game. It became cat and mouse. Like he'd push, I'd push. And then, you know, he hit a limit and then I think I'd start to lose him. And then, he'd, then, you know, he'd catch up again and I'd push some more. And finally <laughs> it just got to the point where, my tires, my tires were just like I was running RE11s, so those tires I think were at max heat, no more. And he finally caught me, but uh, he was turboed, and uh, I, he had arrow. Yeah. My satisfaction at the end of the day was knowing that even though that he caught me at that in that session, I was still faster than him the, uh, earlier in the day. So I uh, could at least say that I could at least. I, tell I, him. I think I know which car you're talking oh, about. You know. Yeah. And I I know his setup, so I'm just like, oh yeah, he he can he can he could clean it up a little bit and be a lot quicker. So. Yeah, he's a cack. That guy. Yeah, he's a cack. <laughs> so how many uh, how many events do you guys have lined up for this year? For this year, we kind of like cut it down a little bit. Last year it was like close to eleven events. Oh wow, 
There's yeah, like it was pretty uh, at the towards the end of the year. Some of the cars were getting a little beat down. Was, <laughs> dude, last year a was a lot of attrition. It was brutal. Like I think yeah. uh, we I, decided to kind of skip summer because Auto Club Speedway. It was just tow truck central, like you know. Yeah. It was yeah. it was a super hot day, and that right. tracks like really hard on cars. California heat and yep. yeah. a lot of full throttle at ACS. Let's see. I mean, who yeah. went down? I went down. You guys running the Roval? Yeah, yeah Roval. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, it wasn't even just the Nissans. I mean, there were all, all the cars. All, cars. Yeah. all, all the cars. cars. There was yeah. a lot and, of cars, and we had some uh, on track incidents too. So it was just like luckily a, none of the Nissan challenge. Yeah, guys. none of us. Yeah. But like it was a it was a crazy day. Yeah, yeah. It was a crazy so day. I think for this year we lined up about eight events. Okay. We're going to take a little break in the summer, but also in the summer, we're probably going to be announcing like, you know, a little trip out to the Bay, kind of meet our Bay Area guys. That'd be cool. Have a little battle do a, out do there. Do a track event. Yeah. So we'll Where, see like, something. Laguna Seca, Thunder Hill. You know, we, I think we have a track in mind, so okay. we'll announce that. Okay. And then, you know, all the NorCal guys will be ready for us. And then I think towards uh, middle of the year, we'll probably have like a battle at Button Willow, NorCal versus SoCal. Okay. That'll be and cool. And then. In September, we're kind of going to have a little Bimmer Challenge, Nissan Challenge nice. showdown. So nice. we'll be at Chuckwalla, which kind of evens it out a little bit for us, Definitely. but it should be fun. That's a good yeah, battleground and track. Even looking further in the future, hopefully mm. expanding a little bit to uh, some, you know, Corner corner 3 Garage and Motorsport. They they deal with more than just Nissan. Yeah. So I think we're going to try to hopefully expand a little bit into some of the other Japanese mm-hmm. manufacturers. So. Okay. Yeah. Give some of the other cars a, lo- a home. Yeah. Because, like, you know, right now we have a lot of other cars running with us like they're not nissans but you know we'll give them like some kind of nissan name like that subaru we call it like a oh that an famous, Al- the Altimpreza. Altimpreza. Yeah. Altimpreza. the Altimpreza s-e-r yeah so <laughs> you know we should be seeing a couple more you know challenges coming out made for like you know certain makes okay and then from there we'll just have a big old party how long has uh, corner three been around for corner three garage has been around for i think 10 or 11 years okay so you know They've been around for a bit. Like they were known for a lot of like their twin turbo builds for a, a while. Like we were like the MRS swap place to go to. Okay. Uh, did a couple Honda Challenge like cars. Turbo, back in the turbo days. MRSs or just a lot of the TZZ swaps okay. and like you know turbos as well. Yeah. And then um, Nothing we kind of like went at all four yeah. corners. <laughs> yeah, we've kind of gone through like a lot of different phases as like you know the car community has changed. Like we were like the ITR shop, and then for a long time like it was S two thousands. And then, um, yeah, the Nissans came in. Like, the, one of the owners is a Nissan Master Tech. Okay. So, you know, Nissans are, like, you know, the cars that we love. So Yes, they are. Yeah. It's been through there. And then ever since I came aboard for motorsports, since I know Nissans well, like, you know, that's kind of been my focus. So just kind of hammering down the, the Nissan brand. Focus on one thing at a time and get good at yeah, it. That's yeah, that's a good idea. I really, I like, agree. sometimes people are like, hey, yeah, John, like, you know, Honda, Honda. I'm like, you know, I really don't know that much about it. <laughs> I really feel like this is a disservice because, you know, I don't know what's good out there because I'm not playing with it right now. But, you know, in time, we'll get back to it. That's, that's one thing that I do like is being around Corner 3, the garage or the motorsports side, is if if they're not sure of something, they're not going to tell you something wrong right and if you want something you don't need they'll let you know that you don't need it they're not yeah, going to yeah. just sell you stuff that you know, yeah just to uh make money and and push you out the door so yeah. you're always going to get good information and much needed information when you contact them yeah and if they don't like you said if they don't have it they will at least present you with an option where you know hey you can go this route it may not be the best route or the most uh 
reliable route, but it'll get you by, you know, and it's yeah. all up to you if you want to go through with it, yeah. you know. I always kind of like, you know, I think as long as I let the customer know, you know, what options are out there, like, you know, the benefits, the pros and cons, like if they want to make a decision, as long as like, you know, they were informed, yep. I think that's the best thing. It is. You know, it kind of sucks just selling like what you have in stock or yeah. what they want right away. Yeah. Like that way they could just be like, you know what? Thanks for the knowledge. Yeah. I still want what I wanted. I'm yeah. like, that's fine. Like, you know. What's or, really nice too about, yeah. about coming to a shop that has, you know, a lot of experience with a, a particular chassis is that you can kind of dispel some of the bad information that's out there, either on Facebook or, mm -hmm. you know, on on the forums about, you know, what parts yeah. they need to be using and things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, we were talking earlier about how it's how it's been kind of bad for the community in, in some aspects. Yeah. You'll get so, a lot of funky information out there, like, yeah. you know, guys that kind of have ideas about what something might be but you know it gets to the point where like when you really know a car and like you know someone tells you about an issue we're like oh yeah you know we've seen that a hundred times like this is what it usually is or even like when it gets to like you know when you buy a used car and like hey you know what do i need to do with this to kind of get it back up you know for a lot of the guys who are out there like it's it's like they don't even know where to start like they don't even know where to look yeah and like you know all of a sudden like they talk to me and it's like, dude, it's so easy. Like, check this out. Look here, look here, look here. You could use this, this, and that. And like, easy peasy. And they're like, wow, I was really scared or intimidated. <laughs> and now it just was like all the research I would have been doing. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is it. Yeah. You're good. So like, we, we haven't talked about this chassis too much yet, but the, Z, the Z33. Z33, yes. You know, the, the 350Z, mm -hmm. uh, they're pretty... Pretty low in price right now. They are for certain examples. Very cheap. Yeah. Very cheap. You know, it's, it's a pretty good platform to jump onto right now. Like you know, as long as like you you know you find a nice stock version or like you know someone who's you know modified it tastefully. Yeah. It's uh, it's not a bad buy to go to. They, they have their own uh, separate yeah. kind of issues from oh, the yeah? Z34, but yeah. for the most part. They're pretty reliable, and they take the heat a little bit better, I think, okay. than the z yeah. And they have proper yeah. suspension design. This is true. <laughs> yeah. It's... I, I've, I've driven both GT4 cars, mm. the 350 GT4 and the 370 GT4. And yeah. The 350 did feel like a little bit better of a chassis. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And, and I think almost everyone who drove both said the same said thing. Said the same thing. Yeah. So yeah. It, is a, it is a really good car to go to. Yeah. yeah. So if you're uh, on a lower budget then so if if somebody was shopping for one what would you say for them to you know to look at like are there specific years of the Z33 that you know are better than others i know that there was a small engine revision mm -hmm. um in the in the later model years yeah so a lot of times like you know the 2003s like the DEs mm -hmm. like i think you know i'm not really sure i know the garage side knows a lot of this information okay but for the most part like you know as long as it's not consuming oil you know, maintenance records are key. Like a lot of the suspension stuff, it's a given that you're going to need to replace it. Like the right. 350s have very common right. like bushing issues. And you'll probably want to do a diff. So yeah, you know. a diff is a thing. Yeah. The main thing I tell a lot of the customers, like, you know, find one, depending on what you want to do with the car, if you want to restore it, race it or whatever, just find a clean chassis and try to find something that hasn't been molested or like, you know, taken apart or, you know, has like some funky stuff going on with it. It's pretty easy to still find a stock one. Um, the HRs are pretty amazing. Like, you know, I like that chassis. Mm -hmm. The DEs, well. Probably just go with the last year, the DEs, which I think is the 06. I think like a 06. When did yeah. the Revo come out? 
I think it was 2007. Yeah, I'm not 100%. Or 2008, actually. No, that's the HR one. Oh, yeah, it was. I guess it was 07. Okay. HR, but, okay. HR would be the best way to go if yeah. you can afford they, it. Definitely. They would be the best way to go. And a lot of times, like, you know, the it's engines... It's like different, like, intake plenum and stuff on it, doesn't it? Dual. Dual. Duals? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. so 2007, 2008 had the dual intake. Okay. And then um, they had the rev-up year. But most of the time, like, there was a huge oil consumption issue, like, back in the days... So I know, of, like the G35s, you know, had yeah, the same issue it too. It fell under the like 350s. 304, yeah. yeah, G35s. Like Corner Three Garage saw a lot of those, hmm. and like you know, we got a lot of those engines warranted for them. Okay. So a lot of cars are running around with like newer engines. Yeah. Has anybody uh, locally built a uh, a G35 sedan for track use at all? You know, we have that would be an awesome oh, daily. Oh, we had one guy. We that, know, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, we had a G35 coupe. Okay. El Toro Negro. El Toro Negro. <laughs> automatic. And that guy was killing it. That guy yeah. kind of like opened up the doors for a lot of the G35 guys. Um, at the warm-up, we actually saw a lot of the new Q50s. We finally saw our first oh, really? 3.0 twin yeah. turbo. Nice. And then we also saw like a base model. Mm-hmm. But interesting thing with the base model was like, you know, this guy's like clamoring. He's like, hey, man, like, you know, I'm having issues with the car. It's like going into limp mode. It's like not revving past a certain like range. And uh, we just take a quick look at his tires. I was like, hey, did you change? We see you have aftermarket, you know, wheels and your tire size is different. And he was like, oh, yeah. I was like, you know, the rolling diameter is a little different between them. Like, that's your traction control. And he's like, oh, really? I was like, yeah, just, you know, make sure you get the right ratio and you'll be fine. And he's yeah. like, wow, I thought I, I thought I, my car was dead. Was like, oh, you're, good. you're good. Nice. Now, I mean, there, there's a lot of, of good Nissan chassis out there. That are up to some pretty, you know, serious track use. Yeah. And I think they're underappreciated, you know, by the track community. From what I've seen, you know, I've been to a lot of events. And really, you don't see very many, you know, S chassis or or Z cars out there. Yeah, I think the big thing is, like, uh, out here with the the rear-wheel drive cars, you could at least, like, drift it. So you have, like, another venue or, like, you know, another distraction. So most of the guys, like, you know, with the Nissan community, they, they think a lot about drift, so... Or stance. <laughs> we don't want to go there. Them. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> it's getting there. A lot of the guys are actually thinking about, you know, tracking their cars now and thinking more about performance versus just kind of getting the car down or, you know, being a one-trick pony. Yeah. So Awesome. Yeah. Well, where can people find out more about Corner 3 Garage, Corner 3 Motorsports? Um, you could just jump on our website, which is corner3motorsports.com. That's a numeric three. We okay. also have our Facebook page, which is Corner 3 Garage and Corner 3 Motorsports. You can also check out, if you search on Facebook, Nissan Challenge and Instagram, you'll find the Nissan Challenge page with some of the photographs in there. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that's where you could kind of find us out there. Awesome. And, yeah, if you ever find me on Facebook, it's funny, I'll have like 10 windows open and people are like, hey, John. Oh, yeah? Yeah, let's talk, like, you know, I want to do some stuff on my car. I'm like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> let's go. Yeah, and if you're anywhere near uh, Southern California, yeah. feel free to come out to one of the events and, and hang out and meet the guys or... Bring your car and uh, get some coaching. Yeah, yeah get some coaching yeah. and, yeah. you know, just see what you can do. Yeah. Even yeah. if you're just curious, like come and hang out. Like there's, you know, a lot of the guys who actually have their cars down right now, they still come out to the events. And see, that's that's yeah. when you know you're you're running a good series uh, when people come hang out because it's it's more about the social piece than yeah. it is about about actually driving. Yeah. yeah. So the driving is just the icing on the cake. Yeah. But when people come out and hang out, even if they're not driving that weekend. Yeah. That's when you know you got a winner. Yeah. We get a lot of guys, you know, they wanted to see the Nissans come out, talk to people who are like drive, like racing the Nissan. So 
kind of seen some guys out there. We'll talk to them. And now we're building their cars. It's like, all right, you want to run with us? And you, okay, let's, let's do it. Like, you know, let's talk. Yeah. So nice. Pretty fun stuff. Well, if people want to get some, uh, some coaching help anywhere in the yeah. country, Steve, uh, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, I'm on, I'm on social media as well. Uh, Steve Doherty 023, or, uh, just look me up on Facebook, whatever you have to do, or come on out to one of the events. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, I live in the Midwest still, so. We might have to have you uh, come out to one of our Grid Life events. That's what I'm too. hoping for. Yeah, yeah, I really want to get out there. Pretty awesome. Yeah. So, well, awesome guys. Well, we really appreciate your time. Yeah. So, thanks so much. Thanks for having us. Yeah, All right. Thank you. All right.